podcast as well uh, so that they can participate, be fully engaged as much as possible no matter how much the miles uh, are between us. So uh, excited today for number three of this series, Finding Happy. So many of us are trying to find happy and we're looking at what Paul has to say about this. Just set this up. Let me ask you, how many of you have ever been to Texas Roadhouse? And how many enjoy the rolls at Texas Roadhouse? Yeah. And, and how many of you know it's not just the fact that they keep on bringing them uh, to your table, but it's that they bring them warm and fresh to your table. But that's still not all of it, is it? Because there's this incredible cinnamon butter that if you will put enough of it on there, I think it turns into a cinnamon roll. And um, it's just awesome. Uh, But how many of you know that more of those rolls does not necessarily equal happiness? Right? There can come a line where you cross and uh, it goes into, you know, miserable. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been there or not where you're just feeling miserable and you think, you know, I just don't even know, I'll eat again. But then you go to bed and you wake up and you're like, I could use some more of those rolls, you know. What is that? You know, what is that? You, you think I've had plenty, but then you want more. And you know, it's not just roles, is it? Uh, it's that way in other aspects of life. Maybe you decide to paint a room in your home, and you think, um, you know, this is just going to be incredible. This is going to be awesome. Paint this room. I love this color. Oh, I love what we chose, and whatever. And... Uh, you know, you get that up on the walls, and then you look around, and you say, we need new furniture. <laughs> this nasty stuff, you know, we, we got to replace this. Or maybe uh, you get the job that you wanted, and you've been longing for a job like this, and you finally get it, you finally nail it, you have it, and six months later... You're looking for another job. What is that? Or perhaps you and your spouse uh, go away on a vacation together and uh, it just seems like, oh my gosh, this is renewing us, rejuvenating our relationship, and I feel like we're connecting. And then you get back home, and within two weeks, you feel like we're not connecting anymore. What is that? Or you come to church on Sunday and you get so filled up and excited about the worship and the presence of God and, and you're like, oh man, this is awesome, this is incredible, oh, I love you Jesus, you know, and then by Wednesday, you don't even know if there is a God, you know, and you're like, and if there is, I don't know that he cares about me, and, and what is that? What is that that happens? You know... In our lives, uh, it happens in all these different areas, and what it is, it's, it's a craving that's in your life and mine. And that craving 
More roles can't satisfy. Uh, vacation can't fulfill. Uh, a new job, uh, new location, new furniture can't fulfill. And discontentment is the greatest enemy of happiness in our lives. You cannot be happy and discontent at the same time. And we've been looking at for the last few weeks how this kind of plays out, how this works in our life. Uh, pull up that graph for me. Uh, there was a study that was done. And uh, what they said is there's a genetic set point. This is from the How of Happiness, where 50% of our happiness, they say, is made up of like a predisposition, like you're pre-wired. You know, some people see the glass half full, others see it half empty. Some people are more prone to depression than other people. And what we said, and and you can go back and listen to the podcast, uh, we said that there's just so much you can do about that. You know, but you can do something, you know, you could go see a doctor and see about, you know, is there a chemical imbalance or different things going on? Uh, you could go and see a, a, a counselor and, and try to coach you through some of life's issues. But here's the big deal about this whole thing, is that 10%, they say, of your happiness and mine is determined by the life circumstances that come our way. Now, we would think it's 90%, right? Because here's what we do. We just freak out, you know, when stuff happens. We'll, we'll say, oh, my gosh, I'm having this in my marriage. Oh, oh my gosh, I, I, this happened at work. Oh, this happened or whatever. Oh, it's no wonder I'm not happy. No, that's only 10%. That's only 10% is what happens to you. So you may not be able to totally impact the 50%, and you certainly can't change the 10%, because we can't always see what's coming, can you? I said, we can't always see what's coming, right? You, you just can't, you're like, whoa, where'd that come from? And, and so that stuff happens. It comes at us. Sometimes the wind's blowing out our back, and sometimes it's full in our face. And so what we can do, and what we've been looking at for the last few weeks, is the 40% you can determine. See, 40% of your happiness is because of your habits or your lack of habits. It could be bad habits instead of good habits. And so we've been looking at, for the last few weeks, some good habits that we can put in our lives. One of them was you can exchange worry for prayer, Right? Get rid of that worry, you know. As soon as worry tries to come in, you know, the enemy talks about, oh, you better worry about that. And say, whoa, no. Well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pray about it. I'm praying about it. That's a trigger for me to pray more. And, and then you got to fix your thoughts and make sure your thoughts are in the right place. you got to be thankful. And you've also got to put your faith into practice we looked at last week. And today, we're going to look at two words that have to deal with this topic that Paul talks about. We're going to pick up right where we left off last week in Philippians chapter 4. So if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and turn there. If you've got the Bible on a device, you can turn there. Philippians chapter 4. And here's, here's the deal. And, and let me just say this again. Paul's writing this letter to a church, and we'll talk about what, he, what he's doing with the letter here in a few moments, but he's writing it from prison. 
He's writing it as a prisoner. So I don't know about you, but that encourages me because uh, you know, I'm not a prisoner today. You know, I, I, I'm free. I, I can go wherever I want to go after church is over. You know, I've got a car. I can hop in. I can drive. Whatever. I can turn left, turn right, whatever. And, and, and I've got freedom. And Paul had a whole lot less freedom than I do. And if he could be happy where he was, I think there's hope for you today. All right. I think there just might be hope for you. So in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 10, we're going to look at what Paul has to say. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again, he says to this church. For I, I know that you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. But he's talking about a care package that these people provided. How many, maybe you got a care package, you know, in college, you know, and you were so anxious to open that up and see the love coming your way. And so Paul feels the love, you know, because this church has sent him a care package and, and, and loved on him. And, and so now he not only wants to thank them, but he also wants to attach it to the goodness of God. He wants to attach this to what God can only provide in our lives, the sustainability that God gives. And so let's look at the next verse. He says, not that I was ever in need. Like, Paul, you're in prison, man. <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't really in need. You ever had a friend like that? I, I wasn't really needing anything. And he says, not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. Oh, I love this. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. Paul says, I want to thank you for your gift. Church, man, you, you blessed me. You know, church family, I, I want to thank you uh, that you were so generous. You sent me that care package. You showed me your love. Uh, you didn't forget about me. Uh, you know, you just wanted to express your love to me. I, I just want to thank you for that. But make no mistake, my happiness is not based upon your care package. My happiness is not based upon, do you remember Paul? It's not based upon, did you forget me or remember me or what? Uh, what's coming my way today? You know, oh, I wonder if there's something in the mail for me. You know, I wonder if I'm going to get something. Make no mistake that I would have been just Fine if you had forgotten about me or not sent me anything because my hope is not built on your love. It's built on his love for me. That's it. And so Paul says, you know, my joy, my contentment, my peace, my, my ability to have happiness in my life, it's not based on you because people come and go. But it's based on God, whom James says, the brother of Jesus talked about it this way. He says, the giver of all good things, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. 
So yeah, you might give me a gift or whatever, but I get a gift every day from my heavenly Father. How about you? I I get a gift from him, his love, his peace, his joy in my life that sustains me, that lifts me, that carries me, that enables me. And so Paul is going to share with us, and if you're taking notes, two codes of contentment. We're going to learn some Morse code today, all right? You ready? We're going to interpret this. We're going to find out what code Paul is giving to us. The first one is, and and this is so powerful, realize that you can learn contentment. You can learn contentment. See, a lot of people think you got to be born with something, and and, and that's not the way it is. You, You can learn this, and it's a secret. Don't you just love secrets, right? Somebody say, hey, 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 I want to tell you a secret. You might have been messing with your phone, right? You might have been texting somebody. You might have been checking your Facebook. You might have been, you know, doing an Instagram, doing a selfie or something. All of a sudden, you got time, right? Because it's a secret. And, And I just think maybe Paul put that language in there today to get you to lean in a little bit more this morning. Hello? To lean in a little bit more, to not just say, oh, well, I went to church, you know, that's good, okay, where's lunch? I think I want some of those rolls, you know. <laughs> I should have made Texas Roadhouse sponsor this sermon today, right? <laughs> Give everybody a gift card or something like that. But, but anyway, uh, you know, Paul when, when he's sharing about this and, and talking about this, he, he's wanting to get our attention because it's a secret, but the good part about it is something everybody can learn. Everybody can learn it. Now, I don't know if you grew up with secret handshakes. Do you have any of those? You know, like a secret club or whatever, or maybe even a secret language. We had a secret language when I was growing up. It was Igpe Atenlay. Anybody, anybody speak pig Latin in here? Anybody bilingual, you know, able to speak pig Latin and, and, and English? And, and so we would talk to people and we'd say, Ude, uye, anwe, ute, oge, ute, orste. And people would be like, what? What did he say? And we would just love it, right? And we wouldn't want to tell them the secret, you know, of, of how we were making that up because we didn't want to let them in on it. Because we could we talk stuff, you know? And Paul has a secret. And Paul would say, I believe today, very few people know this secret. Because if I were to look at American culture today, I would say, evidently, very few people know this secret. Because there's a lot of people that aren't happy. And so Paul would say, and... I would say there's some people who have heard the secret. They grew up in church. Uh, they've read the Bible here, there. They've heard some sermons. They've, they've heard this passage before. But they're not practicing it. And Paul says, no, you can't just hear it. You can't just know it. You got to do it, Right? And when you do it, it can change everything. 
It can change everything. Your whole life could change today, literally, I'm telling you. If you would learn this secret, and Paul says, again, the awesome thing is it's a learned thing. You're not born with this. Paul says, I learned it, and you can learn it. If I can learn it, you can learn it. And, And when you learn it, you can be happy regardless of your circumstances. You're not duped into thinking that if I would just buy one more thing, then I'd be happy. Or if I could go out with him, or if I could go out with her, or if they would ever ask, I'd say yes. <laughs> you know, if, if I could get that job, if I could move there, if I could buy that today, you know, I, I'm not duped into thinking that my happiness is based upon what I have. Paul says, I have all I need to be happy, and I'm in prison, okay? And here's the thing. I would love for all of you to go on a missions trip sometime, because it will mess you up. Seriously, it, it will mess you up. Because if you go with us on one of our mission trips, here's what happens. You go into these villages, and you go places, and those of you who have gone, you know what I'm talking about. You go to places where they don't have a bathroom in their house. And, and you go to places where if they're blessed, they have a concrete slab floor for, in their home. And... Some of these homes, they'll have 10 roofs and things like that. And you go in, some of the nicer ones, they have actual walls in the home. And then you go in some that, that for the walls, they hang sheets. And so this is like mom and dad's bedroom on this side of the sheet. And then the kids are over here on this side of the sheet. And then here's the sheet that divides the bedrooms from the kitchen and things like that. And you go into these homes and the people are like, oh. And, of course, there's a little language barrier, but we have interpreters. And, and then they'll, they'll invite you in, and they want you to sit in their house, and they'll get their nice chairs. And their nice chairs, their living room chairs, are these all-plastic white chairs, right, that, that some of you maybe have on your deck. And there could be some people here who would say, that's not even nice enough to put on my deck, Right? And, and they'll put that out for you to sit in, you know, and, and, and you'll look at them, and they're happy, and it looks like their family gets along, and, and the kids are well-behaved, and it looks like they love one another, and you're like, you people are messed up. You don't have enough to be happy. You, you don't have enough. You, do you not know how you live? I mean, this one chair, it doesn't even have an arm on it. It's broken off. And, and that's your best chair, and I wouldn't even put that on my deck. So, so how is it that you're all smiling and whatever? I'm telling you, they've learned this secret that it doesn't come from the furniture in your house. It doesn't come from the walls that divide your house. It doesn't come from the things in your house. And they're not worried when, they're, when their four kids, you know, start coming up and, and they're getting ready to get, turn 16. They don't say, oh my gosh, how are we going to afford to buy all of them a car? 
because they don't have a car. <laughs> so they're not all freaked out, worried about that, and you know, all, all stressed out about all these things. And you know what? There's times when I just want to move there. Because I think maybe you people know a little bit more than the people that I'm around a lot. And Paul says, I've learned something, that whether I'm in need or in plenty. Now, we know need, don't we? We, we understand, well, I need that. You know, you watch TV, and, you, and something comes on, and you'll say, well, I need that. I didn't even know they made that a few moments ago. But my gosh, how have we lived without it? I need that. And, and, and we think, well, if I had that, if only I had that, then I'd be happy. And, and here's the thing, is when that happens, when we think, well, if I got that promotion, you know, if I got that date, if I could ha get married, if I could have that jewelry, if I could have that car instead of this car, if I could have this or that, then I'd be happy. But let me tell you something, you know that discontentment doesn't work that way. You can't feed it and it go away. Because what happens is then you think, well, maybe just one more drink and then it'll be okay. Maybe one more roll of the dice. Maybe one more click of the mouse. Maybe one more affair, and then I'll be happy. See, but you know that whatever it is, the truth is discontentment can drive us to get what we want, but when we get there, we don't want what we get. And it's because it never delivers. The greatest enemy of joy, the greatest enemy of peace, the greatest enemy of happiness in our life and satisfaction is discontentment. And it's a difference. Let me just quickly say, I'm not talking about complacency. Okay? I'm not talking about complacency. You know, there's a difference. You know, you're, you're content. See, I'm content with this job, but... I'm going to further my degree so it'll open up maybe more opportunities. But if it doesn't, I'm okay anyway, right? I'm okay anyway because my happiness is not based on that. See, I, I'm content where I'm at even though I'm trying to maybe better or improve myself. That's why people go to FPU. We offer FPU classes because we want to help people. But often what it is is help you to do with what you've already got. To, to learn this secret of contentment that Paul talks about. And it's not just, not just discontentment in want. But Paul says it's discontentment in plenty. Because you know when you interview millionaires, you've seen this maybe before, where they'll interview somebody who's very successful, got millions of dollars. They'll say, hey, how, when's it going to be enough? Mm, the next million, right? And you talk to a millionaire, multimillionaire, and they'll say, uh, I'll be happy when I'm a billionaire. No, you won't. Because there's always more, Right? And if you're always comparing yourself to somebody else, there's always somebody ahead of you. 
And we've all seen stars. We've all seen people who seem to have it all, who lived with discontentment in their life and even ended their lives because of discontentment. Paul says, I've learned a secret about it. And he's going to let us in on it because the essence of the secret, you ready, is found in verse 13. And for some of you, this just might be your verse. I don't know. It could be one of those you highlight, you know, in your Bible or on your app. And here it is, verse 13. I can do all. Everybody say all. All things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul says it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's going on. He gives me the strength to go through it. How many know what he's talking about here? He says, I can do everything through Christ. I can't control life. I can't control that 10%. I can't control if the wind's going to blow in my face or blow at my back today. I can't control if you're going to give me a gift or you're not. I can't control if you're going to remember me or forget about me. I can't I I can't be content just because of what's coming my way. Paul says, I can be content whatever comes my way, whatever situation, wherever way the wind blows. It doesn't make any difference if you like me or you don't like me. If you forget about me or you don't do all the likes I want on that post that I took so long to put out there. Right? Not enough of you liked it. You know, doesn't matter, Paul says. I'm free of all that. I'm free of that because I've learned a secret. And the recognition is this. This verse is all about how to be content in life. If you want to write something down, write this down. Recognize contentment comes through Jesus comes through Jesus. Johnny Cash figured this out a few weeks ago. I alluded to his life and how he spent his life, you know, maybe this next pill, maybe this next hit, this next one, oh, that'll do it. That'll bring it. That'll make me happy. But he said he just spent his life just kind of searching for something he never could attain until one day Johnny Cash gave his heart and life over to Jesus Christ and learned this principle that I'm telling you, contentment comes from the inside out. It's not a pill. It's not a drink. It's not a hookup. It's not any of those exterior things in your life because you can just kind of go and go and go to the next and the next and the next and look and look and look like those great theologians the Rolling Stone says, I tried and I tried and I tried, but I can't get no satisfaction. Until I met Jesus, right? Left to myself, I'll become discontent. I'll think I need that. I'll be happier. I'll be more fulfilled. But God doesn't leave me there. Paul says I can be happy whether I'm single or whether I'm married. I can be happy whether I'm in plenty or I'm in want. I can be happy if I'm in the job I love 
or a job I hate, if I'm a prisoner or I'm free, if I ride in my car or I ride the bus, it makes no difference to me what the circumstances of life are because I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength, the power, because he completes me. See, he completes me. You know, my my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, right? There's a name that you can lean on. And it's not the name of your girlfriend, all right? Or your boyfriend or whatever, or your wannabe or whatever it is. You know, because Jesus met a gal one day. And uh, he asked her, they were at the well, and he says, uh, hey, could you get me a drink? And she said, well, you don't even have anything to draw from. And he said, if you knew who was asking you for a drink, you'd be asking me. And I'd give you something that'll spring up inside you. You're looking on the outside for fulfillment. You're looking for what life can bring to you to make you happy. But what I could give to you would come from the inside. Come on, somebody. It comes from the inside out. And and when you tap into this, honey, it'll be like a spring coming up inside of you. Paul tapped into this and found that spring works when you're in prison and when you're not. It works regardless of whether it's going your way or it's going against your way. It makes no difference what life brings you. That spring can spring up in your life. And so he tells this lady, hey, 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 I want to tell, tell your husband about it too. So go get him. And she said, well, I'm not married. And he said, well, that's right. You've been married five times. And the guy you're living with now is not your husband. And she's like, I think you're a prophet. <laughs> I'll clue you in, honey. See, see, what he knew is you haven't found what you're looking for. You still haven't found it. See, you thought husband number two, or maybe number three, or maybe number four, or surely it's got to be five. What? It wasn't him. Uh, Six, seven, eight. Somehow, maybe this drink, maybe this pill, maybe this job, maybe if we move there, maybe if we take more vacations, maybe if we do this, maybe if I can make this much money, then I'd finally feel fulfilled. No, you won't, because that hole is inside of you. And until Jesus comes with the fountain of his presence and his power in your life, you'll spend your life searching. Some of you are doing that. Searching, 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 and never feeling fulfilled. And so it's a craving of our soul. Let me give you two habits for those who love practical steps. Here they are. All right. All right, this down. Here's habit number one today of habits of happiness is savor the simple. 
Savor the simple. Say that with me. Savor the simple. I mean, you got to be able to do that to be happy in prison, right? I mean, to be able to say what Paul's saying here, you got to be able to look at the small stuff and be happy. So here's what my challenge to you with this habit is this week, just stop and smell the roses. Don't walk so fast this week. Take a little break somewhere and smell the roses. And if you say, well, Craig, I don't have any roses to smell, then smell somebody else's, okay? Because I'll tell you, this summer, this summer, what's better than having a pool is having a best friend with a pool, right? That's better. That's better. And so here, here's what you do this week. You just laugh a little more than you did last week. You know, you, you hug someone. There's healing power in hugs. And you invest your time. You don't spend your time. You invest it. You strategically invest it. And, and you show yourself friendly to other people because the Bible says if you want more friends, it's your fault. That's what it says. You show yourself friendly. You show yourself friendly. And, and so if you, can't, if you can't find joy in the simple things, you won't find it in anything. Right? And here's the second habit is practice aggressive appreciation. Say that with me. Practice aggressive appreciation. Say aggressive. No, say it like it's aggressive. Oh, yeah. You got get a little of that in there, all right? Because Paul says there's an enemy who's come to steal, kill, and destroy you, and you better get aggressive right back at him. Because you, you can't allow him to just run over your life. It's like when your kids get a gift from somebody, parents, and your little kid, you know, precious little thing, you know, gets a gift from somebody, and they just stand there. And what do you say? You say, what do you say? What do you say? And if you're a good parent, you say, that gift is going back. Right? You don't say it. You don't get to, because I'm telling you, you know as a parent, the attitude is more important than the gift. Right? The, the attitude, what's, what's in their heart, is more important than that gift. And, and so you say, you know, you, you've got to express gratitude. You, you've got to, you know, express appreciation to them. And here's the thing about appreciation. It can mean thankful and gracious. But it can also have a meaning of elevating in value. Because if you are a homeowner, you're hoping for appreciation, right? Not that somebody drives by and says, that's a nice house. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> that's not what, but that's not the appreciation I'm looking for, right? The appreciation I'm looking for is that the value goes up. And here's the thing. The funny thing about those two, two uh, interpretations is that when you're grateful and thankful for something, the value of it rises, 
right? And just think, instead of moaning and groaning about the spouse you got and the kids you got and the job you got, what if you decided this week, thank you, Jesus, that you counted me worthy enough to have this person as my spouse. It may have been to work on my patience, you know, or, or something like that. I, I don't know quite all the secrets of what it is, but thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for my kids. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that they, they just ruined another outfit. Oh, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, and oh, I, I get to go to work today, and yeah, that boss is still there, and I thought I had him prayed out a year ago, and he's still there, but thank you, God, I still have a job. Thank you, God, for this car that doesn't always start all the time. Thank you, God, that I don't have bills for clothes I can't afford because I've gotten smarter these days. Thank you, Jesus, for all you've done because it's it's not about the other stuff. It's not about the stuff at all. Paul says, I've learned to be in plenty. I've learned to be in want. And I've learned the secret. You can be happy wherever you are. Wherever you are. How many are ready for the joy of the Lord in your life today? Ready? You ready for that? Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that the joy of the Lord is our strength. That Paul was an example of this. And if anybody could have been happy where he was, it's amazing. And he wrote these words and he had no idea that 2,000 years later, I'd be getting strength from it. He had no idea that a room full of people here in Avon, Indiana, where he didn't even know it existed, would be raising their hands today, thanking Jesus for the joy that he gives. Maybe you're here this morning, you say, Craig, I don't always show that joy. I needed this reminder today. I, I, there's times I get into moaning, groaning, complaining. There's times when I think, oh, I need that. If I had that, I'd be more happy. And, and I, get, I, get, I get confused sometimes and get off base. And, and I don't want to do that. I want to live full of the joy of the Lord. I want to be an example in this culture of what everybody's looking for, of what everybody's trying to get. And I want to live that way every day of my life. How many are with me on that? And you raise your hand and say, yeah, that's my prayer. Yeah, hands all over this room. Father in heaven, just help us. This week, whether it's at school or it's at work or it's at home or wherever we are, to just be thankful, to express appreciation that every good gift comes from you. Your mercies are new every morning. And God, today, we just thank you for a new mercy in our lives. And tomorrow on Monday, there's going to be another new mercy. And Tuesday, another new mercy in our lives. And we praise you in advance for it. We thank you that that we may not have everything that we'd like to have and all, but we've got all we need in you. We thank you for it. Maybe you're here today, others of you. And perhaps the reason for your discontentment is a disconnection 
with God. You're disconnected to the God who brings joy, who is joy, who who brings it, like Jesus said, from the inside out. And if you're not experiencing that kind of power, that kind of presence, that, that kind of promise from God in your life, then I want to pray for you this morning because I know God wants to give it to you. I know that God wants to come into your life, bring his joy, bring his power, bring his peace, bring his presence in a supernatural way. And I I want that for you. And so if you're here this morning, you'd say, Craig, I I don't know exactly what I'm asking for, but what I do know is is, is I'm I'm searching for something and I believe maybe it's Jesus today. And so I'm going to put my hand up as a sign that I want him in my life. Will you just do that right now? If you need God in your life this morning, yes, I see that hand. I see that hand over here. God bless you. Back here, God bless you, ma'am. Down here, God bless you guys. All right. Around the room, several hands have gone up. So let's just pray this prayer, church family. Just everybody pray it with me. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin. I know I've sinned. But I want to start over. So I ask you to give me that fresh start. Today I receive Jesus as my Savior. And as much as I know how, I commit my life to you. Thank you for accepting me as a child of God and filling me with your spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's praise God for those.